Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here to deliver the most famous words in motorsports for the 61st Annual Daytona 500, please welcome our Grand Marshal, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Houston Texans defensive end, J.J. Watt. Drivers, start your engines! Hey, engines are fired. Another episode of the Upspeed Podcast, ready to go. Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinax. With you as always, sitting just two weeks away from the Daytona 500 getting underway, and we had our first action of Speed Weeks as the Rolex 24 just wrapped up a couple hours ago. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but this is the most I've ever watched of the Rolex 24. I turn it on every single year because it is racing, it is Speed Weeks, it is Daytona, but this is the first year where I really got into it. I got to say, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, me too. I, I watched, you know, I, I watched the majority of it, you know, on Saturday. And then I watched a little bit before I went to bed at night. And, um, you know, you wake up the next morning and, oh, look, there it is again, you know. Um, so it was cool to wake up and see everything that had kind of developed while you were sleeping. Um, and, again, everybody's still running. You know, they don't get a break in the action. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely the most I had ever watched of it. Um, and I learned a lot, too. I thought NBC's coverage was, was pretty solid. Yep. Mm. Well, no surprise here. A Wayne Taylor racing entry ends up taking the victory to the team of Ricky Taylor, Felipe Albuquerque, Alexander Rossi, and Elio Castroneves take the win in the DPI class. Jimmy Johnson's team of him, Kamui Kobayashi, Simon Pagano, and Mike Rockenfeller end up coming in second. And for Jimmy Johnson, this was kind of his first post-NASCAR escapade. We've seen him run the Rolex 24 before. Uh, Strong result for him to come in second place with this team. And he did a lot of driving in the earlier stages of the race. But it it really seemed like, you know, in the times they were interviewing Jimmy and talking to him during the race coverage, it seems like he's kind of gotten a breath of fresh air about him again. I think the last couple of years of NASCAR – really weighed on him and I think he's just refreshed to be doing something different now yeah I think I think the key is just something different you know I mean he was in the sport for nearly 20 years mm-hmm. and I had a ton of success really you know if you want to say the first mm-hmm. 15 years first 16 years had a ton of success um, but the last few years have been tough on him and you know the the split from Chad Canals to, to not winning um, you know, and just, you know, going through everything. It's just, like you said, it was just, he had a pep in his step. He, he hadn't had in a while. You know, you could, you could see it when he was being interviewed and, and, you know, maybe it was just because he was trying a, a new form of motorsport, but, you know, obviously he's got the big IndyCar schedule coming up this year and yep. um, just kind of be able to see, you know, hopefully him just happy again, you know, excited to, to get in the car. Well, we know that with, the rule changes and stuff that happened over the past couple seasons, they certainly didn't fit his driving style very much. And it's kind of funny to me that 
you know, Jimmy's going to IndyCar now to run strictly the road and street courses because Jimmy was never really that great of a road weight racer in NASCAR to begin with. But he had an interesting comment during the Rolex 24 where he referred to NASCAR stock cars as heavy sedans because, yeah. of course, they aren't originally designed to run on road courses because they're heavy, they're bulky, they don't have great brakes in them as opposed to running a DPI car, running an Indy car, which are specifically designed to drive on those type of tracks, I feel like he's going to enjoy it more now because that's what those cars are suited for. Yeah, the car fits the track. And speaking of cars, his car looked great. Yes, it did. I thought that, I thought that car looked really sharp. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, you know, when you, you know, it's, you know, we'll talk about a little bit of Bristol here later on in the episode mm -hmm. um but you know that when you throw you, these bulky sedans um on, i was like dang jimmy you're not wrong but wow yeah. um but i, I mean and he's right but uh you know you, you throw these bulky stock cars on these road courses that's not, that's not what they're built for right you know they're high banks and you know the need for speed and stuff like that um but yeah it was um it was cool to see him just kind of have that excitement back. Yep. Uh, really, past few years. And I hope this will be a yearly thing for him now, um, just to add to his motorsports calendar, because we know that, of course, the IndyCar schedule isn't nearly as long as grueling as the Cup Series schedule, and Jimmy's not running all those races anyway. So he could do the, you know, handful of IndyCar races that he's going to do, run, you know, maybe even a couple more uh, IMSA events. You know, they have various ones throughout the year. Heck, they run up at Road Atlanta in October. I'd sure love to go up there and watch him if he's going to be up there. But, you know, I'm really excited to see what Jimmy's new repertoire of racing is going to be now that – and I think, like with the heavy sedan comment, I think he's officially shut the door on NASCAR stuff. I really yeah. – I don't see him coming back at this point, for even for yeah. a off or something like that. No, and you know, I if he does, I could see him coming back in an Xfinity car, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe you know, you know, I mean, maybe come back and run a truck or something. But yeah, I, I think his, I would be shocked if he came back to NASCAR ever, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to see him in different things. I will say though, when you know, watching the obviously Dale Jr. was on the broadcast. I think he has the itch to get back into the car as well. I was going to say. I got, it, it, I got it from him and Gordon, Jeff Gordon as well. I, I, it was just kind of, um, yeah, it sure would be cool. You know, it was almost like they were throwing it out there like, hey, if someone else put me in a car next year, like I wouldn't say no. Well, um, they both obviously have experience running in the Rolex 24, and, and I don't know what this is going to be, but on Tuesday, Jeff Gordon has some kind of big announcement. He, he tweeted about it. The other day, I mean, who knows what it could be. Maybe we'll have something to do with that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd certainly love to see Jeff Gordon race again. Actually, the last thing he did race was the 2017 Rolex 24, where he won, of course, Wayne Taylor yeah. Racing. So um, it, it's not impossible to think that he'll be back again in, in, in the next several years. Yeah, it was, um, it was just, I don't know, it's just – and the thing I like the most about it is that like even because like I've got other NASCAR drivers regulars in it were you know the Cup guys were Austin Dillon and uh, Chase Elliott and like for me it was just cool to you know kind of see the see them be rookies again you know 
um, obviously with Austin Dillon, he had issues in practice going the wrong way on the road course. And, and you made a good point that, you know, even though NASCAR visited the road course this past summer, he had to sit out that race because of COVID. So he had never – and they decided to jog him out there at night. Like, that was a great decision. But – yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, he got some good, valuable experience there, and Chase Elliott did, too. Unfortunately, his team ended up having a mechanical failure uh, last night, which ended up knocking them out of contention for the win. But Chase actually ended up finishing the race in the 31 car just for the experience nonetheless. And this is something that I was thinking about as I was watching the start of the race yesterday. Of course, we talk about how cup cars now aren't really designed for road courses because they're heavy, they're bulky, and their brakes aren't very good. Well, the next-gen car is going to be a lot different, more specifically, bigger brakes, which we've already heard comments from Martin Trex Jr., as well as Kurt Busch, who tested it at the Charlotte Roval, saying, wow, this thing is a whole lot better on this road course setup. Now we're able to run a second, two seconds faster than we normally would here. So... I got to think that the experience that guys like Chase Elliott and Austin Dillon have gotten from running the Rolex 24 is going to help them with the new car next year because that car will be more adapt to running road courses, much like the cars they were racing in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can't hurt. And like you said, they're one of the few that, that had the chance to do it. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that does parlay into some success for them. I can imagine a lot more guys are probably going to be trying to run the Rolex 24 next year for that probably reason alone, just to get more experience with a car that's really designed for road course racing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, happy we finally kicked off speed weeks and typically, so the Rolex, the Rolex 24 is always the week before the Super Bowl. So typically it's Rolex 24 Super Bowl the next weekend, and then like another week until we have the clash qualifying, then another week till we have the Daytona 500. But everything's a lot more condensed this year. We're we're nine days away from the Bush Clash on the road course yeah. next Tuesday. Like it's it's really feels like speed weeks again because it's all crunched back together. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's all tied together to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and then like you said, you've kind of got this layoff until after the Super Bowl, and then, then you kick things off, you know, early, not this upcoming week, but the week after. So a yep. um, lot to be excited for here in a short amount of time. A lot to be excited for, specifically with the number of cars that we're going to have attempting the Daytona 500. So it was announced last week, and we kind of knew this was probably going to happen anyway. Austin Centric going to make an attempt with Roger Penske in the number 33 Verizon car. And it looks like we finally got our finalized number of cars that can be attempting the Daytona 500. And we're looking at 44 right now. And some really, really big names and competitive teams, they're going to be attempting specifically colleague racing with Kaz Grala, Austin Sendrick with Team Penske, uh, Ryan Priest, who is now an open car with JTG Doherty Racing. Talked about Noah Gregson going to be driving for Beer Motorsports. Ty Dillon officially announced he's going to be running with um, um, Gaunt Brothers Racing in the 96. So some really strong competitive cars going to be fighting for these four open spots. Well, and that's the, the, the key word there is competitive. Mm-hmm. Like there's some good drivers, but there's some decent cars too. 
Um, so it, it's gonna make it's gonna make the duels that much more, you know, aggressive. It's gonna be, you know, TV worthy and and all of that. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it all kind of plays out. Um, it'd be interesting to see too if like manufacturers kind of help each other to try to get. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's all for the five hundred. So you know, you're gearing up for that. So it'd be interesting to see kind of what happens with you know manufacturers kind of working together to get their guys up to the front well i can say with the utmost confidence that i don't think austin cindrick's going to have a tough time getting into the 500 honestly i think he's going to qualify in on speed on wednesday night just because we know how fast penske cars are i think he qualifies in on speed where he doesn't even have to worry about the duel in his finishing position there but if something should happen where he does have to race his way in Team Penske cars are so good at these super speedways. All it's going to take is one or two other teammates to be in the duel with him, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be running up front. He's going to qualify in no problem. Yeah, and that's that. You know, that's the thing is, you know, he's so good at, at super speedway racing, anyways. And, and the fact you pair him, you know, with a with a really good car, like mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it's not a shoe in. I mean, a lot could go wrong. You know, he get caught up in a wreck or something, but um yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens um with the duels so the list of open cars in total is going to be chad fincham it's going to be kaz Grala, austin Cindric, david reagan ryan priest noah gregson um timmy hill ty Dillon, and this hasn't been announced yet but it sounds like johnny sauter is going to attempt with new york racing so obviously only four of those cars can make the Daytona 500. Who out of these, out of this group, what are the four that you want to see race in the 500 in two weeks? Um, Cindric Gregson, David Reagan, Georgia boy, shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dang, that's tough. Probably Ty Dillon, too. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a big Ty Dillon fan. Um, I follow him and his wife on Instagram, and, and they just, they seem like cool people. And, and you know, I, I, I don't know if I've ever said on the show, I feel like this, there's like a family disconnect with Ty, his brother, his grandfather. And, you know, Austin's always been the golden child. He has been. It's interesting and, that you mentioned that real quick because. We talked about Austin Dillon being in the Rolex 24. And, of course, they showed his Daytona 500 winning highlight from a couple years ago. And they showed his picture in Victory Lane with Dale Earnhardt back in 1998 where they have him and Dale Sr., you know, in color and everybody else in gray, including Ty, who is next to Austin, that they don't mention at all being in that photo, which I found, like, I don't know what the dynamic is, but something's definitely odd about the Dillon family and Ty Dillon these days, because it feels like they treat him like an outsider. Well, and, it, and it's sad. I mean, to be, to be honest, it's just sad. And, you know, I, I don't insider information, but I'm just, you know, the optics, what you look at from the outside looking in, it sure. doesn't look like, and cause I thought for sure, Richard would at least try to put him in an Xfinity car, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, but basically it sounded like, um basically it sounded like ty was like yeah i don't want to go to rcr and be ty be austin's little brother yeah and I, I, and, I, and i could see that carve his own path which i respect that 
Yeah, and here's my here's my Sunday evening hot take. I think Ty put him in the same equipment. I think Ty's a better driver than Austin. That's what a lot of people have said over the years. I just you know, and you know what? So that so that's my I've, I've been long winded and off, you know, topic that happens too frequently on here. But um, but no, th- those are my four. So what about you? Who who would be your four you want to see? It's definitely tough, and for a team like Gaunt Brothers Racing, who already missed the 500 last year with Daniel Suarez, got caught up in a wreck in the dual race, I'd hate to see them miss two years in a row. I definitely want to see Austin Cindric in because that's going to be a competitive car, and he's obviously somebody that we know is going to be cup racing next year too. Noah Gregson for the sheer entertainment factor of what he can do on a super speedway. Um, yeah. I want to see Cal Sgrala get in with Colleg Racing because this is a team that within the next couple of years is probably going to be full-time in the Cup Series. So I feel like making the Daytona 500 for the second year in a row would be a big step for them. And as much as I hate going against a fellow Georgian and David Reagan, Ryan Priest is now an open car, which means he's going to have to qualify in for every race on speed. And uh, Brad Doherty announced the other day they only have the funding for 24 races this year so far so there's a total of eight races they don't have the funding for yet and the reason he's an open car is from charters getting moved around and all that stuff the 37 car was added only a couple years ago it's a whole we could go off on a tangent about that completely differently but I want to see the 37 still be able to run every single race and, and here's the thing Ryan Priest is a you know very talented race car driver and it's not unlikely to think he can have a win at one of these super speedway races, one of these short track races. And I would hate to see him get in a situation where he possibly wins a race, but up, oh, you didn't qualify for the Daytona 500. So you can't be in the playoffs. Would that really be the case? Um, now. Okay. So if you attempt every race, I think you're good, but okay. I still, I, I, I wouldn't want to see him miss the field. And also I talked about Austin Cindric not having, any problem qualifying in on speed Ryan Priest's teammate sat on the pole for the Daytona 500 last year I think he's probably gonna be the other car that gets in on speed on Wednesday night yeah yeah but again I'm excited that we have so many competitive cars going for these final four spots it's gonna the duels are gonna be very very fun a week from Thursday yeah it's gonna be must-see TV yes which, and again, we talked about, you know, not being as excited about the clash this year because it's going to be on the road course. I always look forward to the duels anyway, but I'm really, really looking forward to them this year. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you said, there's just, there's a lot. And this is, you know, NASCAR is kind of braining this season as the best season ever and stuff like that. There are just so many different storylines going into this season and even the even the duels too you know like you said you've got Noah Gregson and Austin Cindric who are just in Kaz as well three young shots that are um trying to just make it into their first 500 and, and that's you know and I say it's crazy it's like what if they go out there and win you know I mean it's just it's just cool I, I mean it's just there's a lot of different you know ways that you know you could talk about speed weeks that that's going to be nice to yeah. have some Topics of conversation. And I think about somebody like Kaz, you know, Austin Cindric, we know he's going to be in the 21 car in 2022. No, Gregson's got a solid ride with JRM. He's going to make his way up the Cup Series eventually in a couple of years. Kaz Grahl is uh, very much an unknown right now. I mean, he's 
been able to run very well in the Xfinity series over the past couple of years and the couple of starts that he's gotten. We know he filled in for Austin Dillon at the road course at Daytona last year, had the strong seven place run, but I mean, his future is still very, very uncertain. So for a guy like that, who's proven how talented he is, heck, he won the Daytona truck race in 2017. Making mm-hmm. the Daytona 500 would be so beneficial for his career because he's somebody that I want to see stick around for a long, long time because he is yeah. a really talented race car driver. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that could go a long way. And, and who knows, you know, with colleague going to be possibly being a full-time Cup Series team in a couple of years, maybe Casgras is the guy that they bring up with them. You know, I, 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 don't really, I was surprised that he was the one that they chose to run the 500. So it clearly shows they have some kind of belief in him. But, you know, hopefully he gets the opportunity to race in the 500 and that can get the ball rolling for other parts of his career going forward. Yeah, I mean, the team that, that I just keep looking at is, I think, a huge wild card. And the next, you know, not only this year in NASCAR, but the next couple of years is 2311 racing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they they want to expand. You know, there was, there was, they've, they've renovated whatever, I forget who's building they're in or if they're building their own, but there's, there was the leaked off of, well, it's not really leaked. Denny Hamlin did a uh, Instagram live and basically showed that there had four oh. hauler. And that's, you know, and, and, you know, whether they expand to that next year, they got four cars next year, or it takes them 15 years to get to four cars. There's, there's clearly a plan to have more than one and, they, and everybody involved with that organization has said that. Um, it's like, you know, Kaz comes out, shows out, maybe, maybe they look at, you know, taking a chance at him. So there's just a lot of, obviously, I, I mean, maybe outside of the championship race, the Daytona 500, 500 is the most watched race of the year. So it's, you know, it's a chance to, you know, make a name for yourself. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned the, you know, 2311, expanding over the next couple of years i think two guys in john hunter nemechek and and um daniel hemrick have positioned themselves perfectly to mm-hmm. be next in line whenever that team expands because they're already in the gibbs pipeline if they can go out there and win and compete for championships there's no reason to think they aren't going to be one of those you know possibilities to be in those next couple cars that michael jordan and denny hamlin uh, are going to eventually want to have yeah yeah so a couple more notes of news. Uh, we talked about the clash a week from Tuesday. We found out that it's going to be a 35 lap race. It's going to have a mandatory competition caution at lap 15. I mean, that doesn't really change it, my opinion of it. It is what it is. You know, I'm kind of like, let's get it. Let's get through it. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm more focused on qualifying in the duels a couple nights later, but it's going to be, it's going to be our season kickoff as, as it always is. It's just, you know, not nearly as much hype this year. No, and I don't know. You, anybody that's a regular listener knows my my disdain for most road course racing. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, for me, it's just like, don't make an exhibition race on a road course. Yeah. Put us on things. And, and you know what? I don't need, if you want to you jazz it up a little bit, run backwards so everybody stops making left turn comments make them go right for all i care you know it's just you know i said halfway jokingly um but it's like i don't know i just if it ain't broke don't fix it i agree and you know maybe this would just be a one-year experiment and by 2022 we can 
get back to running on the oval. And I understand the perspective of the teams, especially after last year's clash where literally the entire field was torn up and Eric Jones ends up winning in a car that looked like it had been in a demolition derby. So I understand teams not wanting to waste money, but, you know, I, I feel like more tweaks could have been made to the original format than putting it on the road course. Cause I, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence that this is going to be the uh, same entertainment value that the clash on the oval has been in years past. No, no. So, but Hey, ra- ra- it'll be racing. We're going to watch it, whether we like it or not. And yep. we'll, we'll break it down six ways from Sunday as, as a, as a way of looking ahead to the actual points paying road race a week and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and I know we talked, we touched on it a little bit, you know, what are the episodes recently, but it's like, you know, do some of those drivers just take the 35 laps and, and use it as a test session? I I think some will, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, I know there's, there's a little bit of money involved in the clash, but I mean, what's the incentive? I mean, nothing really. No, I honestly, and um, I've, we know that with the charter system, NASCAR doesn't release purse amounts anymore, but Clint Boyer tweeted out a photo because he got an invitation to it because he met the criteria from uh, being in the playoffs last year. The The payout for the clash is a lot higher than I thought it was. It's You're still talking about, uh, you know, a million dollar total purse and several hundreds of thousands of dollars for the winner alone like wow yeah. for an exhibition race that seems to have lost its luster over the past couple of years that's that's pretty darn good yeah and it's funny because like I, I saw it too and like the first thing i thought was and y'all tell me nascar's hurting right okay i mean last, you know, it, last year's daytona 500 purse was the largest it had ever been it was mm-hmm. over 20 million dollars for the entire field so yeah i mean the, the sport may not be as popular as it once was, but the money, the money is still there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So a couple more notes and some things quickly uh, announced the other day that NBCSN is going to go away before the end of the season. We don't know the specific date on that, but it seems like uh, NBC and NASCAR are already kind of putting plans in place to move whatever races we're going to be on NBC Sports Network to USA Network now, um, which is, falls under the same family of NBC um, Comcast networks. You know, the plus side to it is USA Network is in about 6 million more homes than NBC Sports Network, so possibly an opportunity to get more eyes on the sport for those races there. But I, I am kind of sad to see the Sports Network go because it reminds me so much of what Speed Channel used to be where it was very motorsport centric, you know, they show NASCAR, they show IndyCar, IMSA, monster trucks, supercross, they really encompassed all of motorsports. And now this channel is going to be going away too. Yeah. It's just, when I read it, it was just disappointing. You know, I mean, obviously with, with all that's going on with COVID and I think it's just made some people really, you know, people in power, you know, step back, look at their books and, you know, find out what is and Mm -hmm. isn't proper. And, and stuff like that and unfortunately NBCSN was was one on the the chopping block but yeah it'll be interesting to see um you know if, like you said if there is a plus for it um is that, that more people have USA Network than NBCSN so I don't know we'll see I mean like you said it, it's just something like 
you can turn it on there and, and whether it's a auto auction or um you know it, it doesn't matter there's usually some form of racing on you know every day you know and you can so it'll be sad to see that go away but what are you gonna do i i hope this will possibly encourage nbc in the next couple years to have more races on their main channel because and and i understand it from the from the perspective of both nbc and fox for wanting to put races on their sports networks as a way to grow them because of course nascar is very popular you're going to get a million, two million people to watch these races. Clearly, it didn't end up working out as well as they wanted to for NBC Sports Network. But look, the USA Network is a well-established TV channel. It doesn't need the extra growth, the extra promotion. So right. the, the less races you have on you know, the, a more expensive cable package, the better because you're going to provide more people the opportunity to see the race when you put it on big boy NBC. So hopefully, and I get it, the 2021 schedule's locked in, TV networks, all that stuff. I hope in 2022, we'll see more races on big NBC than what we see now. Yeah. When does NBC's um, contract run up with, with NASCAR? Um, I want to say either 24 or 25. I think they signed a 10-year deal when they came back in 2015. I think actually Fox and NBC's current deals are going to end at the same time. Yeah, Um, okay. Which Yeah, because I guess my thought was, you know, I wonder if if one or the other tries to take it over completely. Yeah, um, Fox, I couldn't couldn't see Fox doing that because, of course, they have all their NFL stuff in the fall, so that would cause a lot of problems. You know, NBC only does Sunday night football, so they can still negotiate. Um, the second half of the NASCAR season pretty well. I mean, and and for the most part, NBC doesn't do a whole lot in the first half of the NASCAR season. So it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that they w- could possibly do the entire thing. Um, I still feel like NASCAR probably wants to go for the two network split though, whether that is Fox renewing or maybe CBS jumps on, maybe ESPN <laughs> comes back. I don't really know, but it's kind of been, you know, it, that's what NASCAR has been doing for the past 20 years. And I would imagine they probably get more money from having two sets of yeah. doing it. So that's probably what they're going to end up continuing to do. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't know that for a fact. We still have these networks locked in for the next couple of years. So a lot can change between now and then. Yeah. Um, one more note as we inch closer to the, um, already controversial Bristol dirt race. We finally find out that it's going to be a 250 lap race. Um, so you're going to have two 75 lap stages and then a hundred lap final stage for one, that race is going to take a long time because mm. dirt laps are going to be a whole lot slower than the regular laps when we run the 500 lap races. Um, also I'm very concerned with how well this dirt is going to handle over the course of 250 laps. There's a reason most dirt races are relatively short because as you start moving the dirt around, the track changes a lot. Eventually it's going to get very, very bad. So I really hope this track can hold up for 250 laps. Yeah. You know, I don't know all much about the, the track and all that. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm still on the, the anti-dirt and, and I, I, Maybe. Don't, 
I don't want, I don't want it to fail. I, I hope it's a success. No. I just I, I don't have the highest expectations for it, but maybe I'll be surprised. I don't know. Yeah, it'll yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, just obviously it's something different, clearly. <laughs> no kidding. Which and we, we talked about networks a moment ago. This was because of Fox wanting to yeah. have their you know, of course NBC has the Bristol Night Race in the fall, which has always been a bigger deal and, and much more respected race at Bristol and the the spring race has struggled the past couple of years with attendance and TV ratings and all that stuff. So, you know, for all the controversy it's created, it's going to get a lot of eyes on it. And there's going to be a lot of people for however many people are going to be allowed in Bristol when the race rolls around, it's going to sell out that allotment of tickets because people are interested to see what it's going to be like. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing remains to be seen, but it's creating the interest that Fox wanted it to create. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's to me, it's got the most buzz of any race, any new kind of change to the schedule. It's got the most buzz and it's not. It it reminds me a lot of when the Chuck series went to Eldora back in 2013. Like here comes the first NASCAR race on a dirt track in 43 years. And a lot of people are saying it's not going to work. It's going to be a disaster. This is going to be bad. That's going to be bad. And it's ended up being one of the best races of the entire year for these six years that it was around. Obviously, it's gone now, but the trucks are going to race dirt at Bristol. They're also going to race at Knoxville. So it clearly had an influence. And again, I'm I'm hopefully optimistic, but if it ends up being a disaster, I'm not going to be surprised by it. I hope it's not, but we'll just have to wait and see. Right. Time will tell. Time will tell for the hashtag best season ever. Yeah, we'll see if it lives up to the billing. So, I mean, it's it's practically here. We got another week. Um, Super Bowl's next Sunday, and then as soon as that's over, two days later, 48 hours later, we're, we're racing the Bush Clash. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, this offseason, we've talked about it, gone by relatively, quick, relatively quickly, and – now it's pretty much over. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess this time next week we'll be uh, talking about making our picks for the first races of the season. Mm-hmm. And I will try my best to actually keep up with our points a lot better this year because – Yeah, I, I see about that. <laughs> like we, I'm going to make a note or something in my phone and just keep a running tally. Cause we, we actually did better last year than the year before. Well, we both kicked it off with – picking winners in the first weekend because I had Granny mm-hmm. Finger in the truck series. He had Noah Gregson in the Xfinity series. So we started yep. off pretty well, but at some point in the middle of the year, I just completely lost track of our points and <laughs> yeah. it was hill from there. Yeah. But you did call Chase Elliott winning the championship before the season started. So I'm telling you. I'll give you the season win for that alone. I should, I should never make another preseason pick like that again, because that was, that was, I'm putting that on my resume. Like that, y'all, wanna, y'all, that was gutsy. Um, I, if you would have put some money on that in Vegas back in January, you probably would have gotten I, a nice sum out of it. I, your money. So, um, but yeah, I guess we'll make our championship picks next week too. So as uh, everything finally gets ready to go. Yeah. So it's it's practically here. Only a couple mm-hmm. more days. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Ready to go. Yep, me too. So, we'll be back next week to uh, finally start previewing some actual NASCAR races and get this best season ever off and rolling. Mm-hmm. So, for Don next, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.